0: What is up, Fathom fam? Thank you for listening and supporting the Fathom Church podcast. Remember, you can always connect with us at fathomchurchjacks.com and on all your social media platforms as well as on YouTube. We just want to let you know about a new weekly podcast that is now available to you called Fathom Beyond Sunday. Very different from our normal sermon podcast, really just um, some casual, engaging conversation on faith, Life and following Jesus between Monday and Saturday, not just on Sunday. Awesome. Good morning, everybody. I'm so happy to be here. Are you happy to be here? Are you happy to be there at home? I can't hear you. I can't hear you. It's just the way technology works. They haven't gotten that dimension yet where we can hear you uh, from home. But I just want to welcome everybody uh, watching at home. I'm so thankful uh, to be here with you. It is like flooding outside, so it's good to be in some dry space today. But I'm so thankful you're making the effort at home or right here in person to be with your your fathom family, man. I'm really excited uh, to be able to to recap something with you and give you an update on our next gen building right before I jump into uh, the word today. Uh, some Some of you will remember two years ago, we launched a campaign called For the Story, and that's to provide uh, really two phases of construction. One of those was to do a renovation of the space you walked into this morning, if you're here on site, of all of our bathrooms and lobby. Uh, We cast this vision sitting around uh, dessert parties around town, hanging out in your homes and uh, and just cast a vision for uh, what it would look like for us to do phase one of that renovation and phase two, which is a new next gen building right behind me. Uh, we cast that vision uh, to raise two hundred and fifty thousand dollars at that time to do these two projects. And uh, I got some of those eyes like, "Are you sure? Like we can do that? Like that's that's a lot of money." Um, And this is the first uh, time we've ever done anything uh, like this with this type of campaign. Um, But man, I'm really pleased to tell you uh, we were able to complete that in 2018, that renovation at the end of 2018, uh, debt-free in in your faithfulness, your uh, sacrificial giving at the very beginning. Some of you have been given weekly throughout this process over the past two years. Praise God for your faithfulness because it's gotten us to this point where we've got 14% left on the bar. That's how much we got to do. We've got $35,000 left to be done and completed with phase one and phase two. That's a, that's a lot of chunk of change of progress we've, we've made already. And so I just want to shout you out like for your faithfulness, for your generosity. God has shown up and you have shown up and I'm so thankful for you. And uh, isn't the building looking awesome, right? We were going to do a little tour uh, after church today, but just with the weather, I'm going to postpone that to next week, and hopefully it will not be flooding and make you track through the mud for that. I think you'll just want to get home safely uh, after service today. So we're going to do that next uh, Sunday. I'll do little tours uh, in the building uh, as we're kind of uh, getting kicked off into some other phases of our inspections right now. Uh, But yeah, I wanted to let you know where we're at on that. And, And I've been praying, God, how do you want us to attack this 35K, right? Because that's, That's that's probably a lot of money for most of you. Some of you, that's like no big deal. You could uh, stroke that check. But for for many of us, that's like, that's a lot of money. How are we going to do that together? Well, uh, think about where God's brought us already, right? We've come a long way and and, and that's been through your faithfulness and and, and God's uh, faithfulness. Um, But here's what I I feel led to do is to hold a, uh, and to receive what I'm calling a finished strong offering. Uh, One day, October 11th, here's what I want you to do over the next couple, the next month, next few weeks. Uh, Be thinking about this, be praying about this. Ask God, how might I be a part of this offering to see the next generation, to have a facility that's right here close to us, that's new, that can house more children all under one roof and not in um, older trailers. You guys guys know the challenges we've had there, and we've polished them up as much as we can, but we're so thankful for this new space, which will be home to all of our Fathom kids on Sunday morning. Kids, are you excited about it? And it'll be home to our Fathom students on uh, Wednesdays and and other times throughout the week. And so we're just excited about that. I want you to be praying about that. Uh, We we don't get up here and ask for money, but we do ask you to pray about it. And um, this is one of those things that I'm just saying, hey, pray pray about a sacrificial offering. Maybe you gave at the beginning. Maybe you've never had a chance to be able to give towards this. And I just believe it's a seed. It's a seed that you sow, uh, not just uh, in your own life, but into the kingdom uh, of God. So pray about that. And uh, I pray that you'll be a part of that. And I believe in one day. I believe if we'll come in faith and we'll come with sacrifice, uh, then then I I believe that that whole thing will be wiped out and we will just have the biggest party celebration that let's do this thing. Let's finish this strong. Uh, You guys with me on that? Hey, man, let's do this thing. Uh, very excited about that. We're going to be turning uh, to the scriptures in Luke chapter 18 here in just a few minutes. But let me uh, let me recap you a little bit on um, uh, years ago. You don't know uh, this, but I went off to school, uh, left my little pond of Plant City, Florida, uh, my little pond that I grew up in, um, and uh, went off to, uh, to Lee University uh, to study music business. And I went there, you know, coming kind of with... Um, thinking I was kind of something. I was writing songs for a few years, and the little coffee shop in town let my terrible songwriting teenager self uh, go and, and sing songs in their coffee shops and stuff. And and, and I went there doing music business, I'm excited about this, and I'm walking around campus with my guitar, because, like, right, if you need to pick up a chick, that's what you do. Um, and it worked. I, I met my wife that semester, and so, um, so it's not all, you know, uh, false there, but uh, anyway, I remember walking through uh, my dorm room uh, with my guitar, and I'm like, oh, I'm cool. <laughs> look at me on my guitar, guys. Look, guys, I play guitar. And I'm looking around, and every uh, dorm room I look in, that there's a guitar, um, and you know, as the week wore on, um, I met my uh, neighbor across the, the hall from me, and my little three hundred dollar guitar, which I was really proud of. Uh, he had a thirty five hundred dollar guitar, and it was the nicest guitar I've ever seen in my life. And I'm like, oh, I feel kind of you know, like whatever compared to his. And then I remember going into the School of Music and, and walking through there, and there's like these practice rooms, and people are in there playing these incredible classical scores, and people are. And I, and we, we, I was in this big thing that all the music majors are in, and it's called corral, and like everybody's in their choral union, and it's like hundreds of of music students, and they're all like amazing like they're all ridiculous singers and they're they're reading sight and I'm like trying to keep up but I'm like I can't I'm just not at that level at 18 years old I mean this the school is really known for its its music and, and a lot of things and let me just say if you're like a in high school and you're kind of thinking about what's what's college look like for you consider Lee University and for real it's an incredible education that we receive there and and their top top marks on in, in so many of their departments and so um, anyway but I, I just remember thinking in that moment, um, that week that first week of school, um, I thought I was good. <laughs> I, I thought I was good. I thought I knew how to sing. I thought I knew how to play guitar. I had even been taking piano lessons for a year. And then I'm like, I have no idea what I'm doing with any of these things. Like what am I doing here? I thought I thought I was good. And and that's really our theme for today. That's really the 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 title of today's message is I thought I was good because we've been in a series called I'm not okay for the past few weeks. And in it, we've been focusing on stories in which Jesus has met people in their pain. We talked about the leper and the paralytic and the woman at the well and how Jesus met them in their pain and how Jesus brought great hope to them and sent them away with purpose. And I pray throughout this series, somehow, way, through the spirit of God, that those of you that came into this series saying, I'm not okay. And like when you said, I'm not okay, you're like, yeah, that's me. I'm not okay. I pray that you're walking away with hope and with purpose. Like Jesus said, every single person away today, that's what my prayer for you is. But I want to pivot and, and, and look uh, at this from a little bit different perspective today to those who think they're good, who think they're okay and yet we're really not. And to do this, I want to turn to um, Luke chapter 18. And Jesus is going to address some who are confident in their goodness. Uh, Luke chapter 18. Uh, we're going to pick up at uh, verse 9. Uh, we'll be looking at a parable. And then we'll, we'll skip down right past the, um, the verse 15 through 17 to get into the, the rich young ruler um, section there. So let's begin Luke chapter 18, verse Nine To some who were confident um, of their own righteousness. To some who thought they were good. To some who said, I'm okay. And what happened from those people, Jesus noticed, and he's talking to them. They're looking down on everybody else. And Jesus is addressing them with this parable. He told them this parable. Two men went up to the temple to pray. One a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. Two Two men and that he's juxtaposing here. The Pharisee stood by himself and he prayed, God, I thank you that I'm not like those people. I'm not like those politicians. I'm not like those donkeys or those elephants. I thank you that I'm not like those robbers, or those evildoers or those adulterers or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week and I, I give a tenth of all I get. He's saying, he's coming to to God proud of what he's done. But the tax collector stood at a distance and he would not even look up to heaven, but he did this. He beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. And I tell you that it's this man rather than the other that went home justified before God for all those who exalt themselves will be humbled and those who humble themselves will be exalted Jesus begins to uh, address them and he he illustrates this idea of humility by talking about children and he says hey I want you to have faith like the children then we skip down to verse 18 and somebody walks up to him this guy this, this young rich ruler as he's been known and he asked him he said good teacher what must I do to inherit eternal life why do you call me good Jesus answered, "'No one's good except God alone. "'You know the commandments. "'You shall not commit adultery. "'You shall not murder. "'You shall not steal. "'You shall not give false testimony. "'Honor your father and mother.'" This is what the original ruler said, "'All these I've kept since I was a boy. "'I've been good,' he said. "'When Jesus heard this, he said to him, "'You still lack one thing. "'Sell everything you have and give to the poor "'and you will have treasure.'" And heaven, then come and follow me. He said, you're not ready. And when he heard this, he came, became very sad. The rich young ruler did because he was very wealthy. Jesus looked at him and said, how hard is it for the rich to enter the kingdom of God? Indeed, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who's rich to enter the kingdom of God. Those who heard this asked, who then can be saved? And we'll finish it right here. Jesus replied, what is impossible with God is possible with man. So with man, this is, is impossible, but with God, it's, it's, nothing's impossible. I want to share four lessons out of Luke chapter 18 that I think we all need to hear today. No matter you, you've won throughout the series, who said, I'm good. Or if you're one that said, no, no, I'm not okay. I think we need to hear the lessons of Luke chapter 18. And the first one is this. Many who think they're okay are not okay in the eyes of God. Many who think they're good are okay. In their own mind, in their own eyes, they're, they're not good in the eyes of God. This Pharisee, Jesus, juxtaposes these two coming to him. And if, if we we're to pick when they were walking up, if we're in their society at that time, we're like, which one? Is it the religious leader that's going to walk away justified? The one who really knows how to pray? Or the one that's kind of crazy over there beating on his chest? The one that everybody despises and the one who's greedy and we look down on in our society? think what the text is telling us, that many who think they're okay are not okay in the eyes of God. It's always um, astounding to me those who um, are, are, are ill, and they have some kind of terminal illness, but they have no sense of it, right? Have you seen these stories? I mean, maybe this has happened in your family. Someone's sick, and they have terminal illness, and they have no idea. There's been a couple of stories about news reporters and, and physicians writing into them and saying, hey, you might want to get this checked out. Uh, because uh, that, that looks like that may actually be something else that's going on in your body, and it's a very serious illness. It's always shocking to me how someone can think they're okay and be feeling fine, but really they're not. There's something deeper going on, and that's what Jesus is pointing out uh, with this Pharisee. And I think for, for so many of us, we, we find ourselves in the, struggling with the same things that the Pharisee has. We don't want to be classified as that, but we need to search our hearts today and make sure we're not in this same place where we find ourselves bragging about what we're doing for God. He's like, he he uses the personal pronoun I five times. He's kind of obsessed with himself and what he's doing for God. I'm fasting on Mondays, I'm fasting on Thursdays, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. And and God's God's not moved by that. He's actually moved by the one that's over there beating his chest. And I think we'll be uh, shocked to find out many times that many who think they're okay, they're they're actually not okay. Not in our eyes, but in the eyes of God. There's two real core issues I think revealed, two core sins. And the first is pride. There's an issue of pride here. And this this is a sin that's common to man. And it's not one that's fully and finally satisfied. It's one that we have to constantly uproot in our lives. Like every single one of us, if we'll do some hard work and really take a step back and slow down and digest what the scriptures are saying, what God is saying to us through this, I believe every single one of us, including me, as I prepare through things, God just starts pulling things up at me. I think God will reveal areas in which pride has crept in. Pride and ways in which we're finding ourselves judgmental. And those seems to go together. Jesus' point, those who think they're righteous, but then they're like, they're judging everybody. I just want to remind us of what Jesus said somewhere else, which is to take that, don't worry about the speck in your, 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 your brother's eye, but, but worry about taking out the plank of our own man. That's where we need to lead from in this season. I know there's a lot of things we're un- upset about in the world. I know there's a lot of things that, that we're not happy with that aren't trending the right way in our culture. I know that. But here, if we want to stay pure before God, if we want to stay okay and good in the eyes of God, then we need to humble ourselves. We need to humble ourselves before Him and make sure we remove that and make sure there's no pride in our life because it impacts how God's going to hear our prayers and whether we can be used of God to reach people and to make a difference in this world. Uh, The second we'll talk about here in just a few moments, which is not just the sin of pride that we talked about, which is common to man. And I believe pride is the first sin and it shall be the last. It's in the depiction that we have of the fall of Lucifer, it's pride that that was, he was thrown from, from the heavenly realms. And I believe at the, at the end times, it'll be um, standing face to face when every knee bows and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, that pride will be the last and as Jesus humbles every person on the face of this earth before, um, before his return. And so uh, I, I think that the second thing that we've got to hear today um, is that God hears the prayers of the humble. God hears the prayers of the humble. I think if I had to relay this in a way that some of us we might understand it better. Um, today is, is that uh, God um there's some people that we think are far from God that are actually closer than we are. God hears the prayers of the humble. This, this, um, this tax collector that came, he, he came and he came beating his chest. Tax collectors, oftentimes you've probably heard that they're despised in their society, but it's not because they were, you know, like shepherds who were kind of looked out and asked outcast in society who didn't take care of their families. Tax collectors were actually just seen as like a bunch of like greedy people who just wanted money. Actually, they m- usually moved from the wealthy ranks of society and, and moved uh, themselves into a tax collector position because they wanted more money. <laughs> and so they found themselves uh, greedy and people despise that. They hate that. And it's this guy who comes before God, not bragging about what he's done, but beating his chest and saying, God, be merciful on me. And I know humility is kind of a diff- you know, difficult thing to wrap our brains around. Like, am I humble or am I not humble? As soon as I say, yeah, I think I'm humble, then you're like, oh, no, we, (laughs) right. it's this kind of constant cycle. And so it's not something that we're just like, oh, we've arrived there. It's a pursuit of our life, constantly ripping up pride, constantly humbling ourselves. And it's those that Jesus, Jesus says that he heard his prayer because this man recognized his need for mercy. And I want to speak to people who are believers. I know not everybody watching online or in the room or are confessing Christians and those that follow Jesus. But I want to speak to those who are. We're in a very dangerous place spiritually for many of us because we find ourselves becoming more and more prideful in this day and age in which we see evil all around us. And, and we're prone to, to look at everybody else, and like, if they, if they would just do this, and so this is kind of the best way I know how to help us understand where we at on this scale of humility today, and, and it's one day we could be perfectly humble, and the next day we could be quite arrogant um, with another comment we say, right, it's not just a place we, we arrive at, it's a place we're always pursuing, but God, here's, the prayer of the humble. Here, here's what I would encourage you to, to do is to uh, think about this. Like, how often do you recognize the faults and flaws of others? Like, how often are you kind of taking note of what, where others are missing the mark? Like, once a week? <laughs> it's more than that, right? We, we notice, like, uh, like once, a, once a day. Come on, if we really start getting real, it's like, no, it's like every hour, on the hour, I'm recognizing what somebody, is that just me that finds myself like fault finding? And I think we got to find ourselves in this place. Just if we want to be accepted before God, if we want to walk away justified like the tax collector did, then some of us, we need to hit a moment today where we beat our chest. And, and for many Christians, it's been a long time since you beat your chest. We talk about grace and we love the grace of God, but it's been a long time to say, God, I need your mercy. Not not those poor sinners need your mercy. No, no, no. Me who's been saved for 20 years, I need your mercy, God. Not somebody else who everybody else thinks, no, no, no. It's me. I want to stay humble and tender before God because that's the ones God's going to exalt. That's who, who God's going to use. And that's the prayers that God hears and responds to. The third thing that I think we need to get in our spirit out of this text today is that God doesn't judge by the outside. He judges by the heart. You've heard this before. You know this. I know you know this, Fathom Church. You know it. Um, even if you're new here, you know this because um, you do it with restaurants, right? The, that shady restaurant. Sometimes those are the best ones that look a little sketch on the outside, but then you go and like they're actually pretty good. But you need somebody to recommend you. Uh, If you don't know this, then maybe next time you're on a road trip, you'll recognize that we judge by the outside, uh, not by not by what's on the inside. Uh, We notice this when somebody's got to use the bathroom, right? All of a sudden we start judging by what's on the outside. Like, no, 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 they got three letters out in their sign. We're not going in there. I know their bathroom's dirty, (laughs) right? We start judging by the outside, not by what's in the heart of the bathroom. I don't know where that's going. (laughs) You get it. You're smart people. So, um, but God doesn't judge by the outside. We see this back. This is illustrated um, when when God is selecting the king that He wants over Israel, and He sends Samuel out to go, and He's going to show him. He's going to show him his man that's after his own heart, who shall be the king of Israel. And he goes, and Samuel's looking, and First Samuel chapter 16 verse 7 tells us that it wasn't in the appearance. On the outside, he said, "Don't judge by his stature. Don't judge by what he looks like, because God doesn't judge like that. God is looking at the heart." And some of us, we need to hear this today: that God's not judging by what's on the outside, because some of us we're judging and we're we're putting on a good front, but our hearts are far from God. We're doing all the right things. This, this uh, young man, uh, uh, this rich young ruler, single ladies. He was rich, he was young, and he was a ruler, right? So he comes to Jesus and he's proud. He's really proud. I, he, there's kind of this mixed bag with this rich young ruler um, uh, because he comes and he's asking a question that seems really noble on the outside. He says, what must I te- uh, do to inherit eternal life? And he calls Jesus good teacher. And Jesus checks him on that. He's like, you're saying good teacher, but do you know what that means? Because like we only hear in uh, ancient Israel as Jews, we only say good teacher about God, the father. We only say that about our heavenly father. So if you're coming to say good teacher to me, this is what Jesus is interacting with. And this is why he's like, no, no, it's only God who's good. So if you're saying this, then you're saying that I'm God. Do you truly believe that I am he? He's questioning his heart. Do you just, have you just learned all the right things to say? Are you just going through all the Jewish and Christian check boxes And, and yeah, I've done that, I've done that, I've done that, I've done that. And then think that we're, we're good before God. He's like, no, 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 but your heart. There's something more in your heart. And with the, the first one, with the Pharisee, God wanted to address the pride that was in his life. But I believe with this rich young ruler, it was something a little further because there was this cloak of genuineness there where he's he's coming and drawing close but there's also some secret idols in his life that Jesus is bringing into the open. And let me just say for every single one of us there comes a time in which we are forced to confront the secret idols in our life. And I would encourage you confront them now not later. Humble yourself rather than be humiliated. And for this rich young ruler, he was kind of humiliated in this moment, walking away sad. He thought he was asking the right question, what must I do to inherit eternal life? As a young man, he's not asking, you know, what's my purpose in life? What do you want me to do? He's saying, what must I do to inherit eternal life? He's asking a big and deep question. And Jesus challenges him about things going on in his heart in terms of what everybody else saw as a blessing in his life. In the ancient Jewish belief, they looked at God's blessing based on wealth. And Jesus comes and messes all that theology up that they had there. They thought that if someone was a wealthy, then that was a sign of God's blessing. And Jesus shows up in the Sermon on the Mount and says, blessed are the poor in spirit they shall inherit the earth. That, that, that poverty of spirit is something that, that, that God was longing for among his people. And he challenges the secret idol in this young ruler's life. His idol was his possessions. And see, here's, here's the final thing that we've got to hear today is that being good isn't good enough for Jesus. He wants all of your heart. What God wanted for this rich young ruler, for him to be used, he couldn't follow Jesus with his life until he surrendered what he had. I think if it would have been me or you or somebody else standing before him, Jesus would have addressed the secret idol in his life or her life. But for this man, it was his money. He would have difficulty following Jesus. And you saw what Jesus said. It's hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. Because here's the thing, we begin to lean on our possessions. We begin to lean on our wealth and God is not our God. Our, our, our possessions are our God. We are our own God. And so I think today as we find ourselves in a place in which maybe we need to uproot some pride in some different areas of our life, and I think maybe some others of us, we need to beat our chest today and, and realize how much we need God's mercy but for every single one of us where God's trying to get us today is to a place of complete surrender so that we may do what he asked us to do, which is to follow him. Without division of heart, without division in mind, Jesus said in another place, we can't serve both God and manny. Uh, manny. I don't know who manny is. God and money or mammon. Sorry. So I was like kind of splitting the difference there between two different translations. We can't serve both God and money. You can't serve God and your addiction. You can't serve God and your career there's a hierarchy in our heart and it's revealed in our actions. And Jesus, when we come face to face with him and beat on our chest, he's going to reveal those places in which we've got pride and those areas of our life that are unsurrendered to him. And I don't know where that's at for you today. I don't know the areas that aren't surrendered in your life, but I know that there's a line, there's a, what I'll call the threshold of scary, what Pastor Matt Keller calls the threshold of scary, in which we come face to face with the Lord. And we know what that area is, but we're unwilling to let it go. And, and, and the thing that holds us back is just fear. And really rooted down under all that is what the Pharisee was dealing with, which is pride. We're dealing with, with pride and it co- begins to show itself in the way we're looking at other people. That, that constant story in our head where we're judging everybody else. But he, here's, here's the heart of it, that Jesus wants your heart. And good isn't good enough for Jesus. Jesus is looking for your heart. That's, the mercy, that's where mercy and grace steps in because we're not good enough on our own. That's why we need to come to the table. That's why we break bread and and take communion every single time we gather, is to remember, God, be merciful on me. God, without your goodness, without your grace, I'm I'm not enough. My my very best day, the scripture, the prophet said, is like filthy rags. I I want you to hear my heart today. Because I know I'm twisting this whole series in a different place. We've been really positive and, and, and all this. But, but I feel that we, we are called in this season, in this moment, to beat our chest. And to repent before God of ways in which we've been prideful. To beat our chests in ways in which we found ourselves judgmental of other people. Uh, ways in which we've hidden secret idols and beat our chest this morning before God because for some of us it's been a long time since we've beat our chest and say, God, if not for your mercy, I cannot enter in. If not for your grace, I would be nothing. I am nothing without you. I don't know where you're at today, but as this band comes in just a few minutes, I want to I wanna wrap us up. I want to I wanna make sure those who are confident today that they're good. I'm good. I just want to ask you, when's the last time you beat your chest and said, God, have mercy on me. I need you. I'm, I'm not good enough on my own. I don't know how you came here today. I don't know how you wake up every day before the Lord. But I know he's bringing his church into a place of Humility in a place of repentance before we can be used, before he will exalt the church to the place it needs to be in our communities and cities. We better be humble. We better be on our knees and praying and repenting before God because that's who he's going to use. Whether it's this church, whether it's you or whether it's somebody else, it'll be somebody because God's church is going to continue. God's kingdom will be advanced. The gates of hell will not prevail against it, but he's going to use those who are humble at heart and those who will surrender everything. This wealthy man walk, walked away sad because God gave him something that he couldn't do. He loved it too much. We don't know how his story ended. We don't know if he was sad for a moment and went home and came running back to Jesus. I'm sorry, we don't know. But he walked away sad, dealing with the reality that he has a secret idol in his life. And God's calling him to surrender Everything. I want to ask you to stand. This band's going to lead us in just a few minutes. And I want to lead us to a moment today in which we find ourselves calling upon the mercy and grace of our Father and thanking Him for His mercy to, to us today. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for this moment we have. We thank you for the, the body of believers gathered online and gathered here um, in this room. God, but most of all, God, we thank you for your love and your grace, your kindness that leads us to repentance. God, I know how tough these words are to hear today, God, and I know how difficult it must have been for the Pharisee who walked in proud of how he's doing, how he's keeping up with his Bible study and how he's doing and saying all the right things. I know how hard it must been for this rich young ruler who came and walked away sad but God would you bring us to a place of repentance would you bring us to a place of being on our knees and beating our chest God and saying we're hungry to see your face God we'll surrender everything for you God we just want to be used in your kingdom we just want to be used in your kingdom I just, you can open your eyes for just a second. I want to tell you testimony real quick. Um, this story could have had my name all through it. Instead of Pharisee, we could have said, and Kyle walked in the room. Instead of the rich young ruler, we could have said, I wasn't rich, but young and in leadership, used from a very early age, and we could have used my name there. As far as everybody else was concerned, I was doing great good kid, doing all the right things. And I knew how to ask the right question, look, look like the humble one who wanted to know. But there hit a moment in my life, <laughs> it, there, it wasn't a moment, there's been about 20 moments in which I, I've come to a wall and I realized, and I think, I, I pray this is what was going on in this rich young ruler's life, in which he knew, something's not surrendered in my life. And he's asking all he knows to do as a good Jew. What else do I got to do? That's what good Jews knew how to do. And Jesus was correcting his theology. He was, he was birthing forward the, the new covenant theology, which was less about all of what you do on the outside for everybody else to see and more about where the shape of your heart is. And this, this story is my, is my story. And I know the heaviness of it, we can want to push away from it, but I just want to call you into it in what way is this your story and what ways do you need to cry out and say God be merciful on me and so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be quiet there's going to be people here to pray with you and they're going to lead us in a time of worship and prayer right there online and right here in the room maybe you need to make an altar and just in your own way spiritually beat your chest and say God would you be merciful on me? God I'm sorry for how I've made this about me God I'm sorry for making it a I'm, I'm, I'm sorry father for the ways I've looked down on the people. God, help me uproot this, uproot this pride from my heart. That's our prayer today, God. As we lower ourselves, would you raise us up to be used in a mighty way in our kingdom, to be, to be used in a mighty way in your city, God. That's our prayer. In Jesus' holy name. Come on, let's, let's worship. Let's lean in and pray. There's gonna be folks at the cross as we'd love to pray with you today. No matter where you're at, God, his mercy is new today. Thank mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm.